can do this all day. and welcome to the Colts cast. My name is Eric Smith, co-host of the Colts cast. Alongside me, as always, I have co-host Jamal Lawrence here. Yo. Shout out to our new listeners. Shout out to our old listeners. Shout out to our current listeners. I just want to shout you all out real quick. It, it's been fun. This ride Jamal and I have been doing just for the podcast. It's been great. But yeah, we are here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts. Make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button so you can be notified on every new episode. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter at the ColtsCast and on Instagram at ColtsCast. Not only will you see new episodes on there, but you will see updates from us, polls we run, exciting highlight videos, anything and everything. Again, that's at the ColtsCast on Twitter and at ColtsCast on Instagram. Jamal, you got season tickets yet? No season tickets yet. I've been slacking. Um, uh, you know what, man? I'll tell you what. <laughs> when I was at the games last year, you know, as I, I always t- always talk about, I like sitting in the club section for more reasons than one, but we won't go down that rabbit hole. So, uh, of course, I go to the booth and ask them because they're always talking about season tickets. I'm like, well, hey, I want to get into I want to sit, you know, in section, my section is normally 142. So any of our listeners, if you're out there in 142 land, that's usually where I'm at. Um, but I asked them, I said, hey, you know, how much are the club seats? Because I want to look at season tickets. And they were like, oh, you know, well, basically you have to buy in in the nosebleeds. And then over time you can upgrade. And I'm not opposed to that. I understand the concept of really? it because you want to give everybody a chance. Yeah. And I guess it's kind of like a seniority thing. But. If I want to pay the money for a, for a club seat, I want my club seat. And, you know, I, I was very fortunate back in 2019, the game uh, when we played against the Panthers, I was very fortunate to sit in the quarterback suite. And any of our listeners, if you have not been in the quarterback suite, it's awesome. If you get a chance, if you're ever in Indianapolis, go on the tour of the stadium. They take you up there to the quarterback suite. And this it's his own private area where you get to watch the game um, and pre pregame buffet, then a buffet during the game. And there's more food even after the game, snacks, all this kind of stuff. Um, I can't tell you all the good amenities because that's just one of the luxuries of getting a chance to go in there, but just know it's <laughs> worth it. But what I will tell you is because I asked him about the ticket prices on that as well. And Eric, that is a commitment. Uh, I believe you had to, if you wanted to get it, the minimum you had to sign was a three year contract for season tickets you can be between three and five years to so guarantee your seat. But these tickets, <laughs> and this is back in 2019, I believe it was five grand a year for the tickets. Now, of course, when you think of that in the grand scheme, you know, if you ever wanted to resell these tickets for a big game, that's a money grabber, dude. I mean, you're, you're going to get your money back, you know, in no time. Cause I paid a whole lot of money for the one game against the Panthers. I saw at that, but it's just hard to make that commitment, you know, cause once you're locked in, you're in there. So fortunately, we don't have that. Um, we don't have the thing like that. The uh, Panthers, I forgot exactly what it's called, but it's like the PS. I don't know. If, I can't remember the exact name, but basically, what it is is you buy your seat in the stadium. So they have like first dibs on 
anything that goes on the stadium. We don't have that up here uh, for the Colts stadium. So anytime you get season tickets, it's strictly just for football. Um, And I mentioned that because anybody who knows about that little season ticket thing, like the Panthers have, it costs more money to get season ticket because you have access to your seat for every event that comes to the stadium. Um, But off that long diversion rant, I don't have season tickets this year, but you know, I'll be at games. Yeah, that was a really long answer to I don't have season <laughs> tickets, but I live the top 1% life. I hear Here you, Jamal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jamal, I think you're ready. You're ready to get in some Indianapolis Colts content. You know it. Let's begin. On today's episode, we discuss Alec Pierce's chances on winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. So in the last episode, we discussed the possibility of Matt Ryan winning the 2022 MVP. It was a long shot, but hey, anything can happen, mm-hmm. you know? Like, no one, and I mean no one, expected (laughs) Kurt Warner to win back in 1999. Mm -hmm. Now there's a whole movie on him. So, I really believe Matt Ryan has a chance, but a lot of things have to fall in place. But now we get to talk about the one and only Alec Pierce. I've never been hype about a rookie like Alec Pierce. There is is some sensational hype hype around him. Don't you think, Jamal? Oh, absolutely. It's only growing. Oh, yeah. So we're going to look at another article today. Maurice Morton of Bleacher Report gave us an article titled Nine Bold Predictions for the 2022 NFL Season. There's some interesting ones in there, like Dallas Cowboys missing the playoffs. (laughs) Najee Harris winning the rushing title. Mm. The Bears going winless. (laughs) Or I believe one win. They, They flirt with going winless. Some tremendously bold predictions, don't you think, Jamal? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So here's what they wrote about Alec Pierce. Alec Pierce wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. The 2022 rookie class doesn't feature a quarterback who has a clear pathway to start in week one or star or star running back, which opens up the possibility for an unlikely candidate to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. This group has quality wide receivers, though, as first-round picks, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jahan Dotson, and Traylon Burks may garner a lot of attention. But one can argue Indianapolis Colts rookie Alec Pierce has a better quarterback situation with Matt Ryan than any of the day one wideouts. As for Jamison Williams, he may need a few weeks to get back to full speed while on the mend from a torn ACL. At 6'3", 211 pounds with a 4'4'1 speed, and his 40-yard dash, of course, Pierce has the physical tools to make a strong statement right out of college. He'll play with the accurate passer in Ryan, who's completed at least 65% of his passes in each of the last four seasons and thrown for at least 3,900 yards each year since 2011. Even though the Colts have fielded a run-heavy offense with running back Jonathan Taylor over the last two seasons, Pierce should see plenty of targets in an aerial attack that only features one reliable pass catcher in Michael Pittman Jr., Pierce averaged at least 17 yards per reception in each of his three collegiate terms at Cincinnati. He'll provide some big plays in Indianapolis and bring home the Offensive Rookie of the Year award with 1,200-plus yards and double-digit touchdowns. Mm. Wow. Um, mm. I mean, give, give it up. Of applause. I, I, I love it. I love it, Jamal. I love <laughs> 1,200-plus yards and double-digit touchdowns. We're talking Jamar Chase numbers from last year. Look, 
I just I, I want to say something. People were ready to commit arson on our homes because <laughs> when we said Alec Pierce could get a thousand yards, Maurice is saying twelve hundred. Yo, y'all better give him the same energy on Twitter mm. that y'all gave us. <laughs> I was reading those mentions. They told me to slow your roll. What you talking about, Alec Pierce? Give him that same energy. Jamal, what you think about it? Proof is in the pudding, man. I like what I'm. I'm like what I'm hearing. I'm liking what I'm hearing, man. I I I, I think he could be a sleeper, and and I don't want to go. I don't want. I know people probably listen. They say, "Oh man, y'all hype up every player that y'all talk about." It's not about that. The numbers don't lie. The facts don't lie. He's walking into a pretty good situation out of a lot of these other wide receivers, and we'll talk about some of these other receivers' situations they're walking into. Yeah, they may have been higher picks, and they should be better, but. Pierce's, I mean, if, if I were if I were a receiver, this is probably walking into Indianapolis's uh wide receiver room or their facility would probably be my best bet if I were a receiver. Yeah, this is a good situation for Alec Pierce. But we have to remember these are bold predictions. Oh, for sure. These, these are generally it's essentially hot takes. And they're gonna all the all of these predictions are gonna upset uh any fan base. So you guys should go check out that Bleacher Report article. Like most Chicago Bears fans, they don't want to hear that their team is only <laughs> going to win one game the entire season. That's crazy. But he brings up good points in it. Mm-hmm. But like, imagine if he wrote a piece on the Colts missing the playoffs. We would be having the same conversation about mm-hmm. how trash of a take that is and how <laughs> that's absolutely unfathomable. And, you know, we're going to make the playoffs. But that's because we're Colts fans. We want them to do well. We're a little biased. Um, but objectively speaking, I mean, yeah, Alec Pierce has a chance. I think, you know, every candidate, every rookie theoretically has a chance. Oh yeah. For example, let's, let's just look at some of the DraftKings odds for offensive rookie of the year next year. Head in the list. We got Kenny Pickett, I believe it's at plus 600. Mm-hmm. We don't even know if he's going to start. That could change once training camp is over and preseason is over. But next down, we got Brees Hall running back for the Jets now. Drake London, Traylon Burks, Christian Watson, Garrett Wilson, Sky Moore. And you got to go all the way down to about, what's that, 17 or 18? Then you find Alec Pierce at plus 3,000. He's under people like Matt Corral. Is Matt Corral even going to start this year? I don't know. I don't think so. (laughs) But he's also a quarterback. He just has a better chance because quarterbacks, they they just have a better chance of winning. So it's kind of just summing all up. We we have a lot of rookies who have lower odds. means Vegas thinks a lot of rookies have a better shot at winning than Alec Pierce. I might throw a little something on him, though. What you think, oh. Jamal? <laughs> no. Plus if I were a betting man, and you know I am. Just a little so. bit could win you a lot, you know? Exactly. Something something fun to watch for. And maybe by the time we get finished with this episode, you may be thinking the same thing. Maybe I should throw a little change on them, too. Yeah. I might be able to persuade you to do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I need to argue the other side. I, I want to see the side where he doesn't win and why he doesn't win offensive rookie of the year. Of course, there's a bunch of it, it, it's hard to win this. 
let, let's just look at it. So if one of these quarterbacks start and ball out, it will most likely go to them. Right now, currently, I don't see any quarterbacks starting until later on in the season, which means they won't have enough games to even ball out. I think Kenny Pickett would be the only one that that um, would start immediately. But guys like you know Malik Willis, he's not starting over Tannehill. Um, Desmond Ritter, not starting over Mariota just yet. You know, once Mariota throws three interceptions and 180 yards four games in a row, maybe. But, I mean, Desmond Ritter will see some action. But most likely it's going to go to a skills player. Mm-hmm. Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks all have real good chances because of the potential volume. All of them can be inserted right now as the team's wide receiver one. Jahan Dotson, I don't think so because Terry McLaurin's there. Uh, Jam- uh, Jameson Williams obviously recovering from torn ACL. Just won't have enough games, most likely, unless he balls completely out. Uh, Christian Watson, maybe. He's kind of raw, though. Um, But Aaron Rodgers, we've seen, can make any receiver, tight end, anybody better because he's just that good. That's why he won MVP. John Mechie, nah, he's with the Texans. Come on, let's be be serious, guys. (laughs) Wondell Robinson could make some noise with the Giants. Good slot receiver. I, I think he'll make an impact because Giants wide receiver core, they're always hurt. Wondell Robinson can stay healthy, can be a reliable target. I, I think he could be a, a potential sleeper as well. But yeah, one thing to note, most of these teams aren't that great. Mm-hmm. And most likely will be playing from behind, which then the game script is what, Jamal? Pass, pass, pass. Pass, pass, pass. That's right. Right. So the Colts, they don't need to throw as much. You know, it, let's be honest. We don't need to throw as much. I know Matt Ryan's probably going to change that a little bit, but we also don't need to do that because we're a winning football team. I know we said we want to see JT's touches go down some, but the reality is we thrive off of our run game. We really do. So if it's working, we can and will run the damn ball. Oh, for Those sure. other teams won't have that luxury, and they're going to be chucking that ball in garbage time. Like, like Wandale Robinson going to get a lot of targets because the Giants, I just think that they need some time. I mean, I'm being honest. The Jets, they they might turn it around because um, I'll talk about it later. I, I think Garrett Wilson was the best prospect in this draft. Um, but, you know, they're just going to get a ton more volume. Not a ton, but they're going to get a lot more volume than Alec Pierce currently, uh, projections-wise. Mm-hmm. That could change. Uh we haven't seen training camp yet, so we don't know what's in store. But Jamal, does he actually have a chance? I, I wanted to argue the other side just to see, but what, what do you think? Yeah, and I, I like the, everything you just went through on the other side because reality, we got to always come back to reality. I do think he has a chance. That doesn't mean he do. That doesn't mean I think he's going to necessarily just be the outright winner. You know, there are a lot of factors a lot of pieces to the puzzle that will have to connect on the first try for that to be um, to be an outcome. Do I think that he stands a legitimate chance? I think that he he can he can potentially have the the volume to do it, um, and there are a couple reasons why, um, and we'll we'll go into that here. But a lot of it actually just kind of goes hand in hand to what you were just talking about with some of these other receivers. 
because they are going to be coming into situations where, again, like you said, they are going to be wide receiver one, but there are some other things that are going to plague them with with coming with wide receiver one. So I do agree, and and what I want to do is just kind of go down a couple of them. I know you have some on your list as well, uh, but but if you don't care, I'm just going to start from the top with, with Drake London. You know, uh, of course, the Falcons. Pick talk about the Falcons. Yeah. You know, he would have loved to have Matt Ryan over possibly Mariota, <laughs> you know, so I'm sure that that's going to be a, a tough <laughs> challenge for him. Um, but I think that he'll be, of course, he'll be an immediate starter for the Falcons. It's just the biggest question is, like you said, just figuring out, is Mariota really going to be the starter this year for them? Um, and it's funny because I actually read an article last night that uh, Greg Cassell, who is a senior producer, NFL films, he's been a senior producer there for 42 years. So he's got some skin in the game. The headline of the article reads, there's no big difference between Falcons top wide receiver and Colts second round pick. Ah, I saw that and I was like, oh, okay. Let's dig into this and see exactly what he's talking about. And I'll admit he's biased towards Alec Pierce. He knows his family and all this good jazz. So I definitely think it is a little one-sided. But some of the points he put in there, I do like. Uh, I'm not saying that this makes Alec Pierce better than Drake London because he wouldn't have gone this high. (laughs) He wasn't supposed to be that guy, you know. But some of the biggest things they talked about, he talked about in this article that really stood out to me is, of course, like you said, with the starter for a quarterback, but also there's so there's going to be so much more pressure on Drake to come out and and ball out from day one. He has to be the immediate threat on the field. Of course, Kyle Pitts is still there, but besides Kyle Pitts, they don't really have a supporting cast around them that's going to be able to come out there and just dominate. So there's going to be a lot on his plate, which means he's going to be when Kyle Pitts isn't getting double covered, he may be getting double covered. He's going to be put in a lot of sticky situations to where he's going to have to figure out real quick. And and I don't think that he won't be able to because, I mean, he's coming out of the University of SoCal. His numbers there were freaking phenomenal. I mean, twenty since 2020, had 121 catches, which is first among all Pac-12 wide receivers. 1586 receiving yards, that's first place. 23 con- uh, contested catches, first place. 36 forced missed tackles first place 36 catches of 15 plus yards first place all since 2020 so i mean he's he's been he's been good while he's there so i expect him to be uh, really good once he steps onto the falcons field but i did just really appreciate the fact of knowing that alec pierce he has to play well but no one is expecting him to come out and and take over the colts organization so I think not having that extra bit of stress plays a huge role. Um, so I just thought the article was pretty interesting about that because, you know, like I said, this is a guy who's been around the league for 42 years. I mean, he kind of knows his ins and outs. And of course, again, like you mentioned earlier, this is more of a hot take just as let me put my stamp on this preseason, you know, so it's having fun, but some valid points there. Yeah, I was going to interrupt you when you were talking about his stats, so I agree. They kind of are similar players, similar body types. They're both going to be potential, you know, red zone targets, down Mm -hmm. the field threats. They're really big receivers. But Drake London was really productive over there at USC. Yeah. The stats (laughs) he put up, he only did in eight games. And he just wild. Yeah. So Alec Pierce, I believe, played the whole season. 
and he still didn't have the stats that Drake London did in eight games. So, yeah, Drake London, big, lengthy receiver, going to be a dominant red zone threat, amazing ball skills. He used to play basketball uh, as well, or he did. Um, so he he knows when to jump, knows where to be, knows when mm-hmm. to look, good anticipation skills, 50-50 ball, he got that, so – yeah, for sure. And that's why I said I ain't trying to take nothing away from from him because I know he's a dog. Uh, I just thought it was a very interesting article. Um, next up, Garrett Wilson. I mean, kind of goes without saying, like set picked up by the Jets. I think he'll be an immediate starter. He'll he'll be dominant player for you know for the Jets. I think his is pretty cut and dry. Um, yeah, I don't know I, if you want to add anything to him. Oh yeah, he he was my best prospect when I was yeah when I was watching the drive. Drake London did, you know, go before him, but I thought Garrett Wilson was the best prospect in the draft. He's a complete receiver to me. He's only six foot, one eighty three, but that's still a good size. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, not being six four is not a knock on him, especially when you're athletic. Ran a four three eight, thirty six inch vertical jump. That's above average, you know, for his size. I'll definitely take it. Great after the cast, uh, catch, fast, agile good ball skills can and will create separation. So the only knock on him I've really seen is, you know, below average route running, but his acceleration crazy. It's on demon mode. So he can (laughs) burst out of nowhere and create space. So yeah, he needs to work on his route running, but even without that, he, he can still separate from defenders, but he's on the jets. Can Zach Wilson take a leap? You know, Jets fans should be thrilled to have this former Buckeye. I think he's going to be the true contender for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, but you know, I, that Jets I, offense I needs to needs to improve. So, yeah, no, I I agree. Uh, but I stick to what I said in the previous episode. Uh, players go to the Jets to die. So, unfortunately, that's got hopefully doesn't happen to him. But that's got to end at some point, right? It, it should, <laughs> Just, but I mean. <laughs> Just like the Cleveland Browns situation, they had a new quarterback yeah. every year. They had a jersey, and there's a little list going down. All of them are crossed out. So I and and that's finally ended. Maybe the Jets, uh, the Jets' failures have have ended. Hopefully, I hope so, man. I hope, I would like to see him step up and do something. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but next up for me, I had Chris, uh, Chris Olive. Is that how you say his last name? Olive. Oh, Chris Olave. Olave. Okay, I had it pretty much right the first time. Yeah. So Ohio State, great route runner. Uh, Going to the Saints, I think what could stand out for him, man, is this guy has famous Jameis throwing the ball. And, you know, he will throw this ball all day long. You know, Jameis is going to let the ball fly. So that would be great for Chris. And I think that another thing that's going to help out Chris as well is you know, there's still that chance that Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended for, what, five, six games at the beginning of the season? So that's free time, free time for him to show out. Of course, Michael Thomas back, is coming back, though, right? Well, yeah, he should be back, but right now I haven't seen any new reports on him. I know once once he's back on the field, it's over. But until, until I see official word that he's back in it, that could be a chance for him to ball out with no Kamara and no Thomas. Yeah, Chris Olave is a dog. I mean, he was a dog at Ohio State. I just think if if Michael Thomas is back, he's going to command a lot of touches there. Um, 
plus yeah with that with Alvin Kamara they they do love to feed him as well so once he gets back he's gonna take some volume away what about Traylon Burks what do you think about him we'll be back after a quick break if, if you look really well at the revenues of the different clubs and so on, like AC Milan uh, has had uh, a kind of dark time of uh, around yeah. the decade, right? You know, we, we kind of, uh, 15 years ago, we were leveled with Man United in terms of revenues, uh-huh. uh, Madrid and Barca, right? Sure. Like they've all taken off. They've all really developed commercially. AC Milan kind of stayed pretty much flat in terms of revenues until like three years ago, the new kind of leadership team, came on board and started looking at things in a, in a, in a different way. So we also acknowledge, you know, we, we, we have a lot to do, uh, a lot. Man, I, I thought pretty high of him overall up until I read an article today that just came out talking about him being out of shape. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I know that's not the end of the world, yeah, I think is it'll be interesting to see. Uh, the article that came out was his former head coach talking about how he never showed up to camp in shape. Um, so I think that could be in a, that could affect him this year. I mean, you, you go you go into the Titans, man. They expect you to be out there ready to ball. They don't have anybody. They need people. You can't be showing up out of shape. And I know there's a little more. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say like a push in the NFL because I know they'll fine you for being out of shape and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, goodness gracious, that that's one of the biggest things where I feel like as an athlete, you have to know that when you're on the the stage, you got to be at your A game all the time. I understand conditioning works and all that good jazz, but these coaches are expecting you to come in from day one being like your top performance, and they want to make that better. They don't want to have to work from Play-Doh and build that up. Like They, they want a solid foundation just to make that better, so – I, I still think he'll be he'll be really good. I'm not going to take that away from him, but I definitely thought that it was really interesting to see that this has now come out about him not being in shape and 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 I wonder how it's going to affect the season. You know, it, it, results you got to be game speed ready. As we talk about, I feel like it's the same way with injuries. It takes it takes more than more than practice to get to game speed. It's going to take more than one or two games. It is definitely going to take more than two or three drives he's going to get during each preseason game to, to get in game speed. So I don't know. I mean, again, like I said, I like him, but I just, I just wonder, could this set him back a little bit? Yeah. So here, I won't even let, let me just talk about it. I think it really makes sense that they got rid of AJ Brown for Traylon Burks in the eyes of Tennessee's front office. They're essentially they're similar players as far as Bill and what they do on the field. But Brown had surgery on both knees. He dealt with a litany of other injuries as well. They think, hey, let's draft Traylon Burks, who, you know, a lot of people compare to A.J. Brown. It's it's a basically a replacement. You don't have to pay A.J. Brown big money. You get that big, strong receiver with huge hands. But here's where the bad comes in. His 40, he, he had a awful NFL combine. 40-yard <laughs> dash was subpar. He ran a 4.55. That was, I mean, that was definitely in the bottom half of all receivers. Might have been bottom, you know, 25%. Nothing to write home about, especially. Tennessee, they, they also got a third-round pick in addition. 
But let me keep talking about this NFL draft or NFL combine. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's going to get a ton of volume at Tennessee. But boy, I just don't think he lives up to the hype. And this is a hot take. This is a hot take. I like it. I think he could very well be a bust. Only really played in the slot. Route running isn't great. Route tree is limited. Showed at the NFL Combine, he wasn't as athletic as analysts touted him out to be from film. Just disappointing 40-yard dash, below average vertical jump. By the way, Alec Pierce had the highest vertical jump of any receiver at the Combine. Get him. A weak broad jump? That shows his lack of explosion. So you got a slot receiver who's probably not going to be explosive. I, I know the NFL combine is everything, but you show up there to show what you can do. You show that you're athletic. I'm going to be able to jump this high. I can run this fast. So you got a non-explosive, mediocre speed slot receiver. That just doesn't intrigue me. Three cone drill was okay. Like back when DK Metcalf got drafted, the reason why he fell to the second round was because his three-cone drill was so bad. So this is kind of arguing the other side of Traylon Burks because DK Metcalf developed into a great receiver. Um, he, you know, when he got when he was being scouted, he had this great vertical downfield speed. But they said his lateral speed. I think they said Tom Brady's three-cone drill was faster than oh him. My God. I really don't believe that. <laughs> But I did look it up, and it is a fact. So there was some concern about him. No one, it, people probably don't remember DK Metcalf was coming off a neck injury as well. So there's a reason why he fell because people are like, "Oh, how did he go in the second round?" Well, those are the reasons. So as I was talking about with Traylon Burks, everything points to average athleticism, but then you see him on tape, and he shows flashes of greatness at Arkansas. So I'm a little confused here. Um, is he showing flashes of greatness because he's he's in college? He he's not playing at an NFL level yet. Did he not try at the NFL Combine? Was he just not taking it seriously? I don't know. But the, there's big question marks. There's mixed reviews about him. Some people either really really like him, or some people are saying what I'm saying. He could very well be a bust and. Especially in the Titans offense, it's run heavy. You got Tannehill in the back who is off and on on whether he wants to play well or not. Jamal, I just I I don't think he's in contention. And I think the Titans made a bad choice. That was a lot. And I like it. <laughs> I mean, dang, I a lot of that stuff I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't I didn't know. I didn't know a lot of that about that. So Appreciate you giving the breakdown. And I mean, the proof is in the pudding. I, I just couldn't have said any better. And now it doesn't shock me about some of the, you know, some of the other stuff I was reading the other article today. I mean, it kind of all falls into place. So maybe he's not that guy. Jamal. And that's good Jamal, for us, though. I'll take that. Come on. It, it, you know, you know, I got the hot takes on deck. And you know, <laughs> Jamal. And you fucking know I can what? I can what? I can do this all day. I can do this all day. How, how how long? All day. All day? All day, bro. But no, on a serious note, the last thing I just want to say is for Alec Pierce, again, like I said, do I think he's going to be the outright winner of it? I don't know. I, I 
there's a lot of good players out there who are going to put up a good fight. But in my personal opinion, if he wants to be a true contender, I'm thinking at least a thousand receiving yards, 15 plus yards a catch, and at least eight touchdowns. And I just say that because statistically, over the past couple years, we look at Jamar Chase, OBJ, Percy Harvin, and Quan Bolden. All of them, except for Percy, had 1,300 plus yards, 10 plus touchdowns, and over 13 yards of catch. So I beefed his up just a little bit with the uh-huh. yards of catch, and I took it down a little bit on the touchdowns. Just because we have MPJ, because I know MPJ is going to get a lot of that work. So I don't, I don't know how much Pierce he is, but that's just my humble opinion on what I think he would need to at least be in contention. Absolutely, there's a, there's a very, I won't say very good chance, but there is a chance Alec Pierce can win it, just like Matt Ryan has a chance to win NFL MVP. There is a chance, and we just love talking about it. I hope one comes to fruition, man. It's, it's going to be a fun season. I cannot wait for football. One quick thing: shout out to Reggie Wayne. Put these receivers in check. Who better to have? Who better to have him as our wide receivers coach? Maybe Marvin Harrison. That's about it. Who else is going to get them right? That's going to be it, everybody. I want to thank everyone for tuning into the Colts Cast today. We release episodes every Monday and Friday morning. Go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any platform you use to listen to podcasts. We will be back on Monday to give you some more Indianapolis Colts content. Have a good weekend, everyone. Be easy.